It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the main. And here we are, I think. I think we're uh, up and rolling. And uh, Peggy, how are you? The, yes. Um, Good. Good. Hi. I hi, everybody. We, we promised we would do something like this. And uh, gosh darn it, we did. So um, welcome. I still have a video lag, but I'm here. <laughs> okay. And okay. And we'll explain that right away. We, um, we don't have... Um, all the big powerful stuff we need to do this properly yet, but we're we're going to give you what we got uh, right now, and um, uh, it is uh, it it gives us a somewhat of a lag here. Um, I'm even getting a lag m- myself. We're we're pushing this to the max. That's what's going on. We're going to see how well this works out there. As Peggy said, there's a lag here. We apologize. So here's what I would suggest to you folks. If you're watching the stream this morning, maybe listen to the stream rather than watch the stream. Um, because uh, the uh, not all of the, uh, I mean, not even my uh, audio and video match me. What was that? But hopefully they... It is a little disconcerting, but hopefully everybody did watch the opening. I mean, that the photo, the photo montage at the beginning, that was yeah. worth watching. And, and, and of course, with uh, uh, if people have people knew what um, uh, boy, you're typing like crazy. That just that just it's oh, that's Kayla. Sorry. Oh, is that I'm texting? Ka- oh, you're texting Kayla. OK. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad Kayla's out there watching <laughs> this, too. Uh, and I was going to say that's Basil the dog for people who had never seen Basil the dog, uh, uh, and then of course uh, Lagata the cat. Gata. And, and uh, Gata. All right, I'm going to try something here because you asked for it. Um, this is this is uh, really really uh, dangerous, um, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm going to try this and let's see what happens here, okay? Okay. Alan, Alan. 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 Perfect. Al, Alan. Yay. <laughs> it worked. It it works. It's it's crazy and uh and of course, let's you know, we had to bring along all of the radio stuff. 
Shut Here's up, no. Wesley. All right. Which means I, I can I can use those against people. Have fun. <laughs> uh, whenever. Well, it. I can't put too many of them up here. I, I can't tell you how hard the computer is working right now. It's like yeah, in yeah, overdrive, and so. Here's what's happening, folks. I mean, we've been working on this now for three weeks to get the new platform up. Um, it's actually soft warp software. Platform is another matter. No, soft, soft warp. Soft war. Yes, you know that's what it is. It's soft war. <laughs> this is it's it's it's. No, I said soft warp. Oh, well, I think it's soft war like because speed. because it's okay. um, it's it's humans versus machines. Okay, and um. We want to thank everybody. First of all, my the first person I have to thank is Kathleen, who's put up with a lot over the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, she gets a ding over here too. You're there. We go. And I my other. Here we go. Yeah. Oh my Ooh, goodness! We have three well, tones. I'll hit, I've let got me hit this one. Go ahead. <laughs> do, do, do. Perfect. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, and that's our new show, folks. <laughs> that's all we do is just we do sound effects just twenty four seven. That's that's all we got because we can't match up the voices uh, to the uh, video, and that's the best we can do. Um, but I I I have to thank Kathleen, who's just been uh, remarkable, and we, the two of us, uh, have been just uh, working as hard as we can to figure out this uh, technology, which will allow us to stream. Um, and uh, and we're going to see how it goes. And, um, yeah, we're going to have to upgrade a few things. Uh, we've, we're figuring that out. We've, we're learning that today, and that's okay uh, if you bear with us. I want to thank all of the listeners who have just been so supportive, and they've sent us messages, and, and they have signed up for the newsletter. We had several uh, dozen people. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, and I'm going to tell people to do that now. You can go to MikeNovak.net, and you go on the right-hand side, and we're going to be sending out a newsletter this week, uh, keeping people apprised of what's happening. And um, you can, I hope you also uh, sign up uh, for um, the YouTube page. You subscribe to the YouTube page, and uh, like us on Facebook. We got over 3,000 likes the other day <laughs> the other day 3,000 likes in a day uh, no cool. not in a I love that. shut up Wesley ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, we're over 3,000 and, and rising so we appreciate that so we're going to continue to do what we do we hope you like it um, and one of the cool things now that we're doing it this way which is the streaming live audio uh, there aren't going to. There will be commercial breaks, but in a different way. We're not going to have those hard breaks where, where we have to cut people off in the middle of a conversation and say, "Hey, we'll get back to you after this commercial." Uh, we run the commercials when we want to run the commercials, um, at least for the time being. Uh, and I, I hope that doesn't change. But there you go. So uh, with that, is there anything else you wanted to get across? I think you wanted to mention that it's the final week. Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. The, the um, SEGA this year goes through September 30th. So if you have not already gone out in your garden 
and taken us on a 60 second whirlwind tour of the whole garden or one flower bed or what's left in your tomato patch or <laughs> whatever in your garden, um, please do so and, and post the video to the Chicago Gardening Awards org website and uh, we'll get it up on youtube and you can also go up to the sega channel on youtube and vote for your favorite gardens where there's fabulous prizes for both the month of september as well as overall winners and what was really cool just now choice i um i'm just going to say uh what was really cool you were speaking and drinking your coffee at the same time that's really <laughs> good how do you do that trick that is awesome I really like that. All right. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to do a video about that. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, get your entries in. It's the last few days. Um, now, if you do get them in in the last few days, you're going to have to round up all your friends on social media and get them to vote for you. Um, and then we're going to have the final award winner announced uh, shortly uh, into the month of October. So... Uh, that's, uh, that's what that, is there any other, are there any other announcements we need to get out before we go to mm -hmm. our very special first guest on the show? No, I, I think that's it. That, um, just tell your friends, tell everybody to watch us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and you can actually watch from MikeNovak.net as well. That's right. We, uh, you, if, um, I believe the tab is how to listen to the show or something like that. Um, um, let's see. It's if you click the ways to listen button at the top, go to MikeNovak.net, and in the bar across the top next to home and about us is ways to listen. And you can find us streaming live there. I'm hoping you can Kathleen go back during was the week and watch too. Kathleen was working on embedding it, uh, this morning, and uh, I'm not sure how successful she was. We've managed to do that before, it's there right now. It is, I'm looking at it right now. All right, so you can. Yay! I'm, right. I'm looking at it right now. And Pe Peggy's looking at it right now. I think I'm drinking my coffee. <laughs> okay, that right. You, you got to look at the part where you're speaking and drinking coffee at the same time. <laughs> I'm very talented. Yes, you Alrighty, are. Alrighty, on with skeet. On with skeet. Let's let's do that. Let uh, we're very pleased to have as our very first guest on uh, the new version of the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki, our buddy Skeet. Skeet, you're up. You're live. Um, oh, and I'm wondering if uh, this is firing. Let's uh, fire that. I see Skeet. And uh, and there's the logo uh, for Bartlett Tree Experts. Uh, Skeet, I hope you're paying attention because uh, you're uh, – I, oh, I need to put his audio up as well. Skeet, are you with us? I am here. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're okay. Appreciate all the help and assistance this morning to get us up and running. And uh, it was a little bit of a uh, circus before we launched here, but we managed to uh, get Skeet uh, on board uh, after we switched browsers and uh, did that at the at the very last second. It's a pleasure to have you as our very first guest on the new version of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. You get a ding for that. Um, and uh, Skeet is an ISA certified arborist and arborist representative at Bartlett Tree Experts. He's based in Bolingbrook. Uh, Bartlett, as you know, is our um, wonderful sponsor, our primary sponsor of the show. Uh, and uh, you can always go to Bartlett.com to get uh, information about them. 
Skeet, um, Skeet, let's uh, let's start with uh, the weather we've been experiencing lately. I know you've written, you write these wonderful newsletters to your clients to talk about um, the various things they should be on the lookout for with their trees. And the, one of the latest you've been saying is, uh, <laughs> is is it's dry. It's really really dry. So tell us a little bit about that. Thank you, Mike and Peggy. Really, really appreciate the opportunity to be the first guest of the Mike Nowak and Peggy Malecki show. This is huge and awesome and appreciated. Um, it's interesting to watch the little delay in the in the feed here. Uh, yeah, I know. I We're about. sorry about that. We apologize, but at least the audio we can hear each other and uh, we treat right. it like audio. You, you, well, you can see I'm at the office working away, so we've been very, very, very fortunate. And uh, yes, we have had, uh, for the month of August, less than one inch of water. Our trees are screaming, water me, water me now, we need the water. Mm -hmm. And so thank you, Mike, and my little newsletter email, Tree Friends Blast. Um, we've been putting some huge watering alerts in there, and so... You know, as, as a tree care expert, we really appreciate the opportunity to take care of and clients trust us with their trees. And being an accredited tree care company, uh, we want to get this information out. And so water yeah. is critical. Uh, 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 look, and I've, I've, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Peg. I was just going to say, I've just noticed how many trees are dropping leaves early, have entire branches, you know, sometimes limbs that are already changed colors. I would imagine that's all got to be related to the water for the most part. You're, you're right, Peggy. And you, you're going to see that on stressed trees. It's a incredibly great time of the year to look at trees to see if a tree is under stress. And that stress could mm -hmm. be insect, could be disease, it could be nutrient deficiency, it could be uh, desiccation with a lack of water. And you're right, we're going to see those leaves turning early, and that's going to give us the clues, the signs, the symptoms that we need to investigate a little deeper to see what's going on with the trees. I think a lot of folks, and you, you've mentioned this before, folks get fake, faked out at this time of year because the weather gets a little bit cooler. And they assume, oh, the tree's fine. It doesn't need water. Then they, And somehow it's they lose track of the fact that it hasn't rained in a long time. Uh, during the summer, when it's hot and dry, you feel it. You just know it. Uh, but I can give you an example of how I know how dry it's been. We had uh, uh, kind of let the bird bats in the yard um, <laughs> go for a, a few days this past week, and I filled them up. And all of a sudden, the birds were everywhere and it made me realize they're they're looking for water too uh so if the birds are looking for water trees are looking for water and folks need to understand that it's not a matter of how what the temperature is it's a matter of how much rain you've had right skeet absolutely you know these uh funny things we call leaves are the solar panels and those solar panels are out there working and if it's 90 100 degrees the stomates will close and the tree will try to retain 
as much water and hold that water in as long as possible. And when it gets into the 60s, 70s here, those solar panels are still working. The tree still has the same demand for moisture or water. Uh, mm -hmm. And the other challenge is once the tree starts to dry like this, we see a lot of sun and limb failures. The, the trees are not as pliable, flexible. And so storm damage starts to increase because they're not bending and moving. They're dry and they're snapping. So just out of safety's sake, um, getting some water to the tree is critical. Uh, and again, that's where having your Bartlett certified arborists come on out and investigate, look at the tree and, and help you it is just a, a critical item to do. And Peggy's right. Once the leaves start dropping, it's the mindset almost of a, of a tree owner like, oh, okay, I'm done for the season. I don't have to worry about it. We'll just deal with that next year. Well, dealing with it next year may be complicated with a lot of dieback, tip death, branch failure, storm damage over the winter, that, that I'll just deal with it next year um, is going to be complicated and compounded dramatically. And, and you know, we, we just can't scream it enough to, to get these trees watered. As these nutrients come out of the leaves, those stored, those carbohydrates, excuse me, sugars go into the root system. The root system has this boost of energy, kind of like getting the old Gatorade and you're getting all this energy and you're getting this shot of adrenaline into the root system as the sugars come down and that root system's active. And it's that time of the year that a fall fertilization along with watering is really going to set your tree up for a good winter spring. So those, those would be a few ideas right off the bat. Um, I I'm, don't want to harp too much on the watering, but I think it's important for people to know that as long, and we don't know, last year was kind of a mild winter. Um, we didn't have a lot of snow. <laughs> but the, the biggest snow of the year was Halloween. I don't know if you remember that, Skeet. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, what I've told people in the past is if it's been dry and you're paying attention, um, you can go out to your yard and uh, water. Let's say it's Thanksgiving and you're having a meal, Thanksgiving meal. And, and who knows this year how many family members will be there. But um, you can go out on Thanksgiving, put the turkey in the oven and go out and put a drip hose on your conifers because they're still trying to get water and they're going to keep their needles all winter. And if they dry out, it's going to be a really rough winter for them. Isn't it Skeet? Absolutely. And you know, Mike and Peggy, I am a conifer nut loving <laughs> the conifers. And so, yes, um, if you need an excuse to get away from family and you want to get outside um, getting some moisture onto those needles. Again, those needles are leaves. Those leaves are solar panels, and they're working. As long as the uh, ground's not frozen, they're out there working, and they're going to need that moisture. And there's a lot of different needle fungus out there that uh, the conifers have been battling for the last few years. So just a few reminders that we don't water the leaves or the needles. We water the ground, the root system. There's not a magical mouth part at the base of the tree 
that you screw your hose into and it, you know, gives it uh, an IV's pollution. You know, we see that saying, well, you know, I put that drip hose around the trunk of the tree and I let it go just constantly. Yeah, it's not the way we want to be watering trees. Um, the roots are on the outside, the drip line. Uh, so um, putting the hose, keeping the hose a good 5, 10, 15, 20 feet away from the trunk of the tree um, is really the way to go and to water the entire root system, not one foot at the close base of the tree would be, again, some ideas. Uh, but, of course, you're talking about mat- mature trees, uh, you know, conifers and deciduous trees. Um, what about um, a new tree that you got in this year? And, of course, if you put in a new tree this year and you're not watering it now, you're you're committing um, – Arborside, arboricide. I guess I'm coining a phrase. I, phrase, I don't know. Yeah, you know, and, and there's some neat items out there, like gator bags. If you want to get a new tree and you want to put a gator bag on there and fill that up once a week, what once is, every ten. What days, is gator bag? Make sure the gator bag actually drains out. Um, I've seen some that uh, do not have holes in them, and they just sit there full for weeks on end, and that's not efficient and not working. Um, so that would be an idea. So you're right. On a newly planted tree, you, you know, you, you can't overwater a newly planted tree if you do it once every 10 days. You can love your tree to death if you water it every day. The excess water pushes the oxygen out and the tree actually suffocates. So please don't love your tree to death with a newly planted tree. Every day is not good. Once a week, once every 10 days is ideal. And then, crazy concepts. I know you might get a little dirty here. Dig in the soil a little bit. Let's take a look. Are the roots moist? Is the soil moist? You know, people ask, how do I know if it's wet? Got to get a little shovel out. Stick your hand in there. It's all good. And uh, let's take a look and see what the moisture level is into that root ball, into that root system. So, again... Different ideas, guidelines. Peggy, you were asking about gator bags. Yeah, what for? That's a jargon term for a lot of people. What's a gator bag? Gator bag is a brand name for a bag that zippers around the trunk of the tree and has a hole in this bag that goes around the tree that you fill up with water. It's about two to five gallons, depending on the size of the gator bag. And there's gator donuts for conifers. And um, you put water in these bags or donuts, and then it slowly drips out into that root system that's right at the base of the tree. And this would be for newly planted trees. Um, You mentioned... uh... Uh, gator donut for conifers. Now, the donut actually uh, sits on the ground, right? Whereas the bag is on the tree itself. Well, the conifer, the donut is on the ground. And then the gator bag that's usually green, it looks like a volcano. Don't volcano mulch. And <laughs> it does sit right on the ground. The gator bag. It, it goes right around the trunk of the tree. Yeah. Uh, why, why did you say uh, gator donuts for conifers. Do you prefer those for conifers over gator bags? The gator bag is about two foot tall, and in general, 
It doesn't fit around the base of the tree because of the low limbs on the conifer. Ah. So the bag, the conifer donut, which is usually brown, um, fits underneath there a lot smoother, easier than having to remove two foot of low branches on an evergreen where most people would like that for some screening privacy. Um, and so we don't want to limb up an evergreen or arborvitae uh, to get this bag around the trunk of the tree. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki on our new format and we shall return. The folks at Blazing Star know that good soil biology means good soil. That's why they sell products from trusted industry leader Tinyo that contain more than 30 species of beneficial bacteria and fungi chosen for their critical roles in soil and plant health. In other words, whether you're a farmer or a backyard gardener, they help you grow the life in your soil so your soil can grow your plants. Go to blazing-star.com and check out their BioGarden line for home gardeners. The world has changed. A year ago, you were growing food because it was fun. Now it's important. That's why you need Happy Leaf LED grow lights. Thanks to the best science, the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They're versatile, they're elegant, they have a five-year warranty, and they're made in America. Peggy and I are huge fans. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase. Go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. Since 2001, DiveHeart has been revolutionizing rehabilitation using zero gravity and scuba therapy to give confidence, independence, self-esteem, and yes, freedom to children, veterans, and others with disabilities. At DiveHeart, we believe in the power of partnership because together we can do great things. Let DiveHeart help you imagine the possibilities in your life. Go to DiveHeart.org to learn more. We're talking to Skeet, and by the way, that's spelled S-K-E-E-T. Uh, he is with Bartlett Tree Experts. Go to Bartlett.com. As I've mentioned before, they're uh, a wonderful sponsor for the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, if you want Skeet to come out and see your tree, uh, you, you, you have to live in the Bolingbrook area. Uh, but there are four offices around Chicago. Um, I believe, uh, help me out here. I know Bolingbrook, Northbrook, uh, Chicago. What's, what's a, what's the fourth one? Lake Barrington. Ah, okay. So, uh, they cover the entire area and which takes me to something that we've never really discussed before, which is what happens when somebody calls Bartlett, uh, here, I'm always kind of surprised at how reluctant people are to contact a certified arborist or a tree care company uh, to come out and look at their trees. I think they assume it's going to cost an arm and a leg, but if your tree blows down on your house uh, or you lose it some other way, you know, you could have damage to the house and that's going to cost you an arm and leg. You lose a tree, you, you, you lose the value of that tree. So there's another arm and a leg. Um, why do you think people are so reticent to do that, Skeet? Well, it, those are, you're right, Mike and Peggy, that, that does happen. And 
Um, we also service trees in Wisconsin. We service trees in Indiana. Um, two weekends ago, I spent an, a very long Saturday in Lake Carroll, and we've got mm-hmm. clients in Lake Holiday. So we we, uh, we we have a lot of fun taking care of trees all over Chicagoland, Wisconsin, and Indiana. Um, and and you know there is a level of confusion, maybe some embarrassment, um, kindness that they don't want to waste our time to come out and. Is this a problem? Is this not a problem? Uh, and, and so sometimes people are hesitant to call. Uh, the reality is we, we you sometimes just don't get the call when the tree looks a little funny. Then the next year it looks a little more odd. Then the third year the top is dying out. And then we get the call saying, you got to come out like right now. You don't believe how quick this tree went. I'm like, yeah, well, what happened? Like about three years. I'm like, I wish you called me three years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we really, truly try to make this a non-painful process. Um, we are here. And, and you're right, Mike and Peggy, it's... Uh, Trees are live, large assets, and we want to yeah. take care of them as assets because if they're not cared for, they become large liabilities. And the reality is we are just here as consultants, tree doctors to work with, help, and figure out a plan that works best for the tree owner. And it's a very painless process to give a call we set an appointment. Our office is very diligent about collecting a lot of information to really hone us in to help you and meet the client out on the property, set a time to be there. We walk, we talk, we examine, we look, we diagnose, we take pictures. And from there, we put together a tree care plan that meets the client's needs. And that that's the basic setup of having a professional certified arborist accredited tree care company work with and even if you only have one or two large trees you know you you guys are going to come out from that we are still there to help little trees become big trees little trees that have confusion and aren't cared for sometimes just go away and that's the sad part when we could have been there to help guide and assist so yeah yes i think some of it is mindset as well um like you said like micah said um the tree's an asset it's a living thing that's that's cooling your home keeping it keeping the wind away from it in the winter adding to your property value and it's a living thing and if the mindset is to view it that way you know it's probably much easier for people to call as opposed to oh that thing back in my yard exactly you know and, and and we have fun um, we are so fortunate to do what we do. <laughs> it is, I mean, I, uh, most of the of the clients I have are very close friends. Um, so we're really visiting friends to help them out. And we get to be on some incredible properties or people just care. And, and we're right there with them to help out and care. And, and that, that's the fun part of, of what we do. Um, I'm always, always impressed 
when we have a prospect, they've never used us, they, we meet them at the front door, we walk the property and they've got a pencil, paper, notebook with them and they're ready to take notes. That's critical. So appreciative that they're taking notes. They wanna do what's right. We have an incredible wealth of information and there's so many different varieties of trees. So the clients that take the notes always impress me. The clients that come prepared with questions ahead of time, always impressive. You know, that, that just is great rapport between the client and their arborist to, to really put together a detailed plan that's going to meet everybody's needs. Um, so, so those would be some ideas that what clients can do or prospects can do uh, to, just to help the process. And, and they're going to know better when we're done with the appointment. They're going to remember. Yeah, they'll, you know, that's, that's the important thing, knowledge and having them understand um, not, uh, better uh, about uh, what it is uh, they need to know about their trees. Um, and w- without giving um, anything away, you guys will come out and the first evaluation, uh, you'll walk over it without charging people usually. Isn't that the case? Only if they say they're from the Mike Nowak show. <laughs> <laughs> and ask for skeet. That's right. <laughs> no, but the point I'm making yeah. is the idea is to yeah. get a tree guy out there or tree woman out there to uh, look at it. Um, and you want to help them. And so the idea is, uh, you know, I think they're afraid they're, you're going to walk away and say, okay, I'll be sending you my bill for $500 tomorrow. Um, the idea is for you guys just to get the information and to make them comfortable so that they will want to work with you. Is that, is that right? That That is absolutely correct. And depending on where the tree is and where they are, um, there's some areas that are outside our service area. Um, and, and there's also times, so I work with a lot of commercial properties and townhomes and associations uh, where Sometimes the better fit is just to do some consulting. And so we'll do some consulting and create a plan where the landscaper does some work. We do some work. They may have on-site maintenance people to do some work. And so there might be a level of uh, consulting in there also. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we use the consulting as credit when we do the work. Sometimes um, the consulting is just what a uh, homeowner needs I've got a couple residential homeowners that love their yard. They don't want to deal with their yard. They don't want to be informed of all the minute details. And so they have me come in and I oversee the landscaping, the mowing, the trees. I oversee everything um, for their yard. And and there's a consultation <laughs> that goes with that. So, um, and, and they love it. There's just one call and it gets taken care of and, and, you know, you, you just smile the little duck and you scramble underneath the water and make it happen. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, we, bottom line is we, to your to your question, Mark, Mike, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna create a plan that fits the client's needs from their budget um, to their trees, and, and um, it's, it's a matter of communication. Good. Um, what's it been like this year working with the COVID? Uh, it was, uh, I imagine, at the beginning, 
kind of dicey, a little tricky, trying to understand what you could do. And, and fortunately, you, you're in a profession that where you can work outdoors, and that has been, I'm sure, a big asset uh, to you. Um, but what have you encountered uh, during the pandemic uh, that was different from last year? Well, thank you. It, you know, um, first off, you, we got to smile and try to have some fun with this. And when the governor says you're an essential employee, wow, I didn't know I was just an essential employee. This is, this is outstanding. Yeah, he never uh, said so, it about me. So uh, the, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm still waiting for that proclamation. Yeah, I've got to put that in my Bartlett name tag. I'm an essential employee for the state of Illinois. This is just awesome. Um, so, so first off, we were very, very fortunate to be in that category and that classification. So, um, that, that was awesome. Second of all, um, as every other business, as everybody else in life during the pandemic, during the COVID is just pivot and adapt, pivot and adapt. Um, what we know today is going to change tomorrow. What's going to change tomorrow, we can't be upset with for what's going to change the next day. So Bartlett, number one, safety above all else. From our teammates to our equipment to the COVID, safety above all else. We put together some very strong protocols for our employees. Uh, <clears throat> And those are still being monitored. They're still being checked. They're still being um, evaluated. And so safety above all else was number one. Number two, you're right. We're very fortunate where we work outside. Um, and our, our six foot distancing is more elevated because we're going to be six foot, eight foot, 10 foot, 100 foot up in a tree. So where our social distancing is elevated. And, and so we're, we're fortunate in that regard. Uh, you're, you're taking so, your social distancing yeah. to new heights, huh? Hey, hey. Oh, oh Peggy, that one. Very, good. Very good. Thank you, Peggy. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so we're fortunate there. Um, at first, we were hesitant that people that had appointments, do they still want the appointments? Do they want to be outside? We were excited and amazed how many people loved to see us on their properties, working, helping, and it was more challenging to keep people away from our crews hmm. and me because they want to get outside. They've yeah. been cooped up. They've been looking outside. And so it was more of like, social time and we had to focus in on the trees because we were the greatest excuse in the world to get outside and and so <laughs> we've been very fortunate um and in the same regard it's been challenging there's a lot of commercial properties i'm fortunate enough to take care of townhome condos and we've been working with a lot more cars and people outside trying to get applications completed and driving up and down the street and working and kids outside. And so again, safety, safety, safety. I mean, our heads have got to be on a swivel because there's more people outside and we are an attractive nuisance and we are fun to watch. Watching yeah. somebody climb a tree and be in a tree 
and take care of trees is just amazing. Um, honest to goodness, there's times when we work in a townhome association, people come out, bring the lawn chairs out, and they're sitting in their front yard, and they're, <laughs> they're, they're hanging out, and they're giving our crews <laughs> beverages, and they're like, could, could, you, could you do another tree? We're like, no, we're, we're, we're done today. We're, we've got all our trees taken care of. You know, and, and so um, the response of homeowners, clients, neighbors, we cannot thank enough. It has been very positive. People are happy to move cars, adjust, mm -hmm. help us out. Uh, we have been very fortunate. Um, we've been extremely safe. And, and um, Mr. Bartlett and the Bartlett team and our safety protocols have, have been followed, and, and we're, we're just happy to take care of people's trees. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, what do folks need to be thinking about as we head into fall? Obviously, we talked about the water situation, but as trees start to lose their leaves, uh, and, and, and uh, we've said this many times on the show, uh, winter is a wonderful time to prune trees uh, because you can see the structure and there uh, and and if the ground is frozen you don't mess with people's gardens and lawns as much so uh, what uh, but what do you think about as we get into the fall and what should people uh, be aware of thank you yeah you know people ask often and, and clients I've known for years like geez what what do you, what do, you do in the winter what does your crews do well, we hire arborists. We don't hire part-timers. And so we work 12 months of the year. And we don't uh, plow in the winter. We don't shovel. We are arborists 12 months of the year. And you're right. Dormant season is a season. And as odd as it sounds, it does pick up in the winter because people have waited spring, summer, fall to have us care for by pruning mm -hmm. or possibly remove a tree in the winter because of the ground conditions are more favorable, because we can go and step in and drag brush over areas that we might not have been able to, to access in the past uh, because of, of different plants. Structure pruning, Pruning, you talked about that little tree being planted a few years after it's planted. We can really see the structure, get in there, mm -hmm. give it the proper structure, pruning, forming, shaping, give it that look to propel it in the future, future positive strength and form. Uh, we really wanna do in the winter time. And then oaks and elms. Oaks and elms are only dormant season pruned approximately, you know, December, January, February, first part of April, depending on where you live. Um, oaks and, and elms are and dormant season. And why is that, Skeet? Yeah. Well, two reasons. Oaks have the possibility of getting oak wilt. And oak wilt mm -hmm. is carried by a little critter. And that critter is dormant in the wintertime. And... Uh, elm trees, again, um, can get Dutch elm disease, and the bug that carries Dutch elm disease um, is not flying around, is not active in the wintertime. So uh, 
And many municipalities now have ordinances for oaks and elms to only be pruned in the winter time. And so that's good. This is this is the time of the year where we need to get the oaks and elms rolling and get those pruned right away. So so if you've got a tree that might have had yeah, if you've had storm damage and things, it probably makes sense then to make a reservation because I would imagine you guys are going to be getting busy soon with with that type of pruning. Absolutely. Thank you, Peggy. Yes. Now's the time to look at, evaluate, create a plan, winter time, implement a plan. Maybe one more question here before we're going to let you go. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Uh, you mentioned some uh, uh, diseases briefly, uh, conifers uh, for the last, I don't know, what, decade have <laughs> had some serious problems in the area. The conifers always seem to, to, to be a problem because uh, people plant them in the wrong places. Um, but what are you seeing this year? What kinds of pests or diseases ha have been foremost um, uh, in your mind? Sure. May was the wettest May we've had on record. So we're seeing a lot of leaf or needle fungus. Like you said, Mike, with the mm -hmm. conifers, there's Diplodia tip light, uh, Dothostroma tip light on the Austrian pine trees, Scott's Gaz pine trees. height. <laughs> there's Rhizophera or <laughs> needle cats on spruce trees, blue spruce trees. Mm -hmm. The maples have tar spot. Again, real high-tech yeah. stuff. It looked like a tar spot on the maple leaves, and that's due to the wet spring. So the activity... There's an oak spot now, too, isn't there? I saw something there in one of the plant reports from the last couple of weeks. Yes, anthracnose, and there's bob on the oaks, or I should say bob on the bur oaks, bur oak blight, bob. And again, mm -hmm. these are all fungal pathogens due to the wet spring that we're now seeing in the June, July, August, September timeframe manifesting through. So that's what we're seeing. And again, having that arborist evaluate it now, put together a protocol for spring, as opposed to people say, oh, I'll just call spring. We may have missed the window of time. So most of yeah. the tree diseases affect the tree. You see the results of the tree. You call your arborist and your arborist says, hey, that's great. We're going to see you next year for the treatment. But let's get you signed up now so we got the right timing. So to your question, Mike and Peggy, please don't hesitate to call because <laughs> we're going to yeah. see it in order to get the protocol set up at the right timing. Perfect. We do have one question in Facebook, though. Oh, good. From Scott. Scott wants to know why so many people volcano mulch. How do we <laughs> get rid of volcano mulch? Uh, if we find the answer to that, Scott, we can also solve uh, the issue of world peace and COVID and a bunch of other things. But it goes back to the watering point of mulching with uh, uh, volcano mulch, or I've even seen people taking pile soil next to the trunk like a volcano. Yeah, they do that. You know, and you're right, there's, there's huge frustration. If we can find the good news is people think they're hugging 
They're loving. They're, they, they think they're doing something good for their tree. And, and that, that's an avenue where we can say we appreciate them wanting to care for their tree. And now let's go from good to great. And here's another way of doing it. And there's a better way of doing it. And here's how we'd like to do that. Uh, it, it's, it's a frustration. And I work with townhome condos, landscapers, and it, it's just an ongoing education that this is what we need to do in order to care for your tree. And uh, homeowners are starting to get it. Property managers are starting to put it in mulching specifications. And so it, it's an ongoing, I think it's getting better than what it used to be. I, I hope so, because I, uh, I just a couple of years ago, uh, I think I, I talked about it on this show, and I, it might have been even with you, Skeet, uh, there was a mulching party in Humboldt Park, and they mulched hundreds of trees in Humboldt Park in Chicago, and they were volcano mulched. And what it turned out is there was a group of uh, high school students from all over the world that were meeting there. It's this, this group that goes around the planet doing good deeds. And they came to Chicago and they were given instructions to mulch the trees. And apparently nobody showed them how to do it correctly. And uh, we were driving by and looked at that and said, oh, my goodness. And I took a bunch of photos and some of them uh, had mulch piled up two feet high around the base of a tree. Wow. It was it was nuts. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, they thought they were doing well. They thought yeah. they were doing it the right way. Yeah. And they were looking to love the tree. And, and uh, again, PDFs, pictures, handouts. I mean, the Arboretum has some great handouts. Um, we, Bartlett Tree Experts, is the sponsor. And we train the plant clinic people. And we help out. And Bartlett, Mr. Bartlett is on the Morton Arboretum Board of Directors. So we are for education. We are very much happy to help out. And when but, I work but, with but, but, but people have to people have to come to you, uh, Skeet. Uh, they, they have to ask if they assume they know how to do it. They, uh, often they're going to get it wrong, and that's the thing that that galled me about uh, speaking of galls and trees. Uh, that but galled I'm, me I'm, about. Yeah, I need a ding. Um, it's nobody. I can't believe they could send out hundreds of kids out there who could have done a really good job. All it would have taken is one person giving instructions correctly. One person. And they yes. didn't. You, you, and you're absolutely right. And, and it, you know, again, you've, you've seen all, all my little PDFs and reminders and emails. And, and I, mean, I am all for the education. Mr. Bartlett is all for the education, and we, we, we're here to help. I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, we've so, got some of the materials you sent, so we'll get that up online, too, for you. Yeah, and, and, and just as a reminder, please don't uh, put your uh, mulch up, the piled up, or soil, as Peggy said, up the side of a tree and uh very quickly you mentioned the morton arboretum you guys happen to sponsor the plant clinic there don't you absolutely and we help out there and we train 
um, volunteers, and um, there's a lot of good people there really looking to, to help out, answer questions. Uh, and the, I read on the Morton Arboretum website, there's a PDF on how to properly mulch your trees. And so it's got description and pictures. And um, yes, so we're, we're, we also have Dr. Chad, who's been on the Mike Nowak show. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Yeah. Chad is our lab. And Dr. Chad has an extension office right at the Martin Arboretum. So Bartlett Tree Experts has their lab in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we have an extension right at the Martin Arboretum. So we have some very close ties with the Morton Arboretum for research and education. So it, it's just awesome to have that link of being right there connected with the Arboretum and having that technology and resource for both companies um, working together. And, and Dr. Chad is, is very brilliant. We're, we're fortunate to have him with us and does a super job. We're going to have to have him back on the show again soon, um, and uh, yeah. and you might we might remind people that uh, the Morton Arboretum and other places in the Chicago area are o are open in limited fashion, uh, assuming things don't change radically uh, in the numbers of COVID numbers going up. Uh, we know that they're going up in Wisconsin and other places in, in the country right now. Uh, but as far as I know, and I haven't checked it in the last few days. Uh, the, uh, maybe you know, Peggy, those areas are still open in a limited way. Yeah. Yeah, just check the websites. Um, some of the locations require advanced reservations to come in, like um, Botanic Gardens. Yeah. Uh, Skeet, so, yeah, as always, yeah, check the website. Yeah, oh, don't, don't just... You know, it it's not like the old days. It's not like a year ago. You don't you just get in your car and go. Yeah. I know you can't <laughs> even do that to go to the supermarket. Really, um, at least I don't feel that way. Uh, but uh, Skeet, thank you so much. I want to let folks know they can go to Bartlett.com. Look, let me give you some advice. If you've got a mature tree in your yard, even if you've got young trees, as Skeet said earlier, young trees become older trees, little trees become big trees. You want them to get to, get to be a big tree? Bring an arborist mm -hmm. out just to take a look, and they will help you craft a plan and uh, do it right. Um, they'll even help you figure out where to plant a tree. And let me give you some advice on that. Look up and look down. You know, be aware where you're going to dig and look up at power lines because you have to think about how big that tree is going to get when it's yeah. mature. Right, Skeet? And what's next Absolutely. to it, too. Yeah. yeah. No, we having a set, having somebody, have an expert out to evaluate, look at your trees and create a plan is critical before something bad happens. And we really appreciate the opportunity to care for people's trees. All right, Skeet, always a pleasure, the, uh, and thank you for being the first guest on uh, the new – boy, that's loud, Peggy. <laughs> that's really it's, loud. It's like nowhere near the microphone either. It's, it's amazing how loud that okay, is. Yeah, I'll go with this one. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's much better. <laughs> Skeet, you have a great Sunday, and I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Thank you. Appreciate that. Have a great afternoon. Think green, think trees. That's right. All right. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Take care. All right. Be safe. Bye-bye.
Uh, that is our, our friend Skeet uh, from Bartlett Tree Experts. Again, go to Bartlett.com. Uh, we're going to take a really short break here, I see, and I'm going to just test this at the moment. Elena's in there? Yeah, she's here. I'm going to pop her on. She's Elena, are, are you there, Elena? I am. Hi, Mike. And, Hi, Peggy. Hi, it's good to see you. We will. I'm going to uh, do a short break here, and we will be back with Elena. Uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on our new format, and we shall return. Wait, let's get rid. Wait, I got to do this first. Hold on. Still learning, still learning the ropes. Let's say goodbye <laughs> to Peggy there. I say goodbye to me. And let's do this. Collective Resource Compost wants to show you how they make composting easy in Chicagoland. You can reduce greenhouse gas emissions by diverting food scraps from landfills. CRC brings you a fresh five-gallon bucket or a 32-gallon neighbor tote with each pickup. You fill it with organic matter, they swap it out, and get it to a commercial composting operation. Composting is what nature would do if we just got out of her way. Learn how easy it is to divert waste at your home, school, or workplace. Go to collectiveresource.us. We continue to live in interesting and challenging times. As we've learned over the past few months, something as important as tree care can be made much more difficult by unexpected events like the COVID-19 pandemic. Bartlett Tree Experts understands that and has made safety their number one consideration. But that's not surprising because safety has always been their number one concern and will continue to be their concern as we move into the next phase of this crisis. Something else we've learned over this time is that people love their trees and from a safe distance have been eager to talk to Bartlett Arborist representatives, whether from the safety of their porch or through a window or over the phone. They also know that Bartlett can make outside areas safer from ticks, which are having a banner year thanks to a mild winter. Bottom line, the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts want to say thank you to their customers for loving their trees and understanding that every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. And I say, oh yeah, love clean air and fresh water on solid ground, right where I can stand. And I say, oh yeah, give me the flora and the fauna, that's a non-negotiable demand. Right now, um, Elena Harkness we have on the line, and we'll be bringing her on a video shortly, but right now our audio is up. And Elena's the Executive Director of Current. Um, which is a Chicago nonprofit that she leads that, that's right now building collaborations to advance innovation solutions to water challenges. And you guys call yourself an innovative water hub and you're sponsoring the first ever Chicago Water Week, which is coming up this week from September 28th through October 2nd. So welcome, Elena. Thanks so much, Peggy. It's great to be on the show and really exciting to be on your first show in this new format. So. Happy to be here. Yes, thank, thank you. Yeah, unfortunately, we are still working out a little bit of the technology. So thank you so much for bearing with us on this. Of course. Um, so, yeah, so Current, uh, tell us a little bit about that first off before we get into Chicago Water Week, because water is just so important right now. And you're leading this organization that's that's just so totally focused on water. So tell us a little more about what you're doing with that. 
Sure. So Current is Chicago's water innovation hub, and we call ourselves mm -hmm. a hub because we really are bringing together the hundreds of partners across our region that care about water and have something to do with solving our big and persistent water challenges. And so that mm -hmm. can be our utility partners, the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago, City of Chicago, and the Department of Water Management. It can be uh, corporate partners like uh, Greeley & Hansen, a large engineering firm here in Chicago that uh, does so much work to sort of lift up uh, the blue economy here in Chicago. Um, it can be other nonprofits that are advocating for particular water issues, you know, Metropolitan Planning Council, Friends of the Chicago River. So we really work with this broad community and our job is to try to be a catalyst and help uh, all of us come together and solve these problems uh, faster and more effectively. Um, we do believe we're more powerful and we work together and uh, that these mm -hmm. problems are too big for any of us to solve alone. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, the, the old adage, it takes a village, certainly in this case. Um, it's kind of interesting sure. as, you know, water has always been seen in the Chicago area, I think, as, well, we have Lake Michigan here. We've got the river. We've got everything else. We've got fresh water. Yet it's a big challenge in the area. Anything from clean water to ongoing um, water levels in the lake to probably a lot of things people aren't even thinking about. So what are you seeing as some of the main areas of impact right now in Chicago? Right. Well, so water does affect all of us as individuals. It's truly something that all of us have to think about. And I think, you know, generally mm -hmm. here in the Midwest, we are fortunate to be close to such a large source of fresh water, but all of us want the same thing. We want cleaner water to drink and use in our homes. We want less water uh, coming into our homes and our basements and places that, you know, can sort of create challenges for us there. Um, so in addition to those sort of things that really hit us at home as individuals and kind of consumers, um, there are these mm -hmm. things that we might think not think about as much. Like being in Illinois, uh, we're a large agricultural state, um, and managing the nutrient runoff from agriculture is something that creates challenges for water quality, not only here in our region, but as far down south as the Gulf of Mexico, where it's creating you know, very large uh, algae blooms and hypoxic zones that are uh, killing marine life, but also, you know, really affecting economies. So all up and down right. our, our rivershed and into the Gulf. So um, there are, there's so many problems. And one of our jobs is to try to be solution oriented and to look mm -hmm. across the horizon for people who are creating really exciting technologies often, but also innovative policy frameworks and really helping understand what are the better, smarter ways we can work together to solve these challenges together. Right, right. Yeah, because the policy is the key thing in many cases. Yeah, so one are of the you key working, things, yep. Yeah, you're working primarily, um, as you say, as a catalyst, or are you more actively involved with the intergovernmental bodies? Are you helping to actually write the policy? So we think of ourselves as an unbiased advocate for the best solutions. And part of what we do um, is think about what policies need to be uh, enacted in order to speed innovation. So that's what I think of as our lane. We're really looking to figure out how to bring more technology to solve problems. Um, and so often it means working with partners that are taking the lead on you know, issues around water quality and other things. And our role actually becomes much more active to find and source technologies and to work with our partners to actually pilot them and bring them to scale. So another challenge that we try to address is that water technology is 
is hard to do, right? It takes labs, it often takes a lot of collaboration yeah. between universities mm -hmm. and startups and investors. So we try to make that, that work of building solutions go a little faster and to help scope out what a meaningful kind of pilot scale solution would be so that we can test small and go big with problem solving down the road. Right, right. Well, one of the things that we certainly want to talk about this morning is Chicago Water Week. But before we get to that, um, we were talking with you the other day as we were prepping for this call about COVID and just how COVID has and the pandemic has, has brought everything to the forefront. We're washing our hands 30 times a day. We're thinking about clean right. water. Um, a lot of the other things happening in society of, of where we're just really starting to see the inequities. And you mentioned something that you address in one of your blogs, which is new technologies to be detecting COVID from wastewater. Yes. Yeah, this is something that communities all over the world are actually working on. I mean, COVID is such a global mm -hmm. challenge, um, and it's a really exciting time for research collaborations in this space. Um, there are, we're going to be hearing actually from a leading microbiologist, Dr. Rita Colwell, at one of our Chicago Water Week sessions um, at our Third Coast Water Seminars. So you'll be able to hear from her next week on how actually work to track cholera outbreaks has informed work to now track and detect uh, COVID-19 sometimes up to a week earlier. That's what's been happening in the Netherlands, a wow. week before people have symptoms. Yeah, and that's really exciting because, um, you know, this disease is really, it's tricky. It may take a while before you even start to feel sick. And one of the biggest uh, tools in our sort of toolkit to fight it is identifying hotspots earlier and being able to mm -hmm. intervene faster. Yeah, yeah. You, you've put a, a blog post up on your website, which is currentwater.org, over in the blog section, could sewers aid in the fight against COVID-19? And it's it's very informative. Um, you know, it's probably something we think of, but didn't realize that, yeah, you could just check the wastewater because people's bodies are going to be shedding the virus that way as well. That's right. Yep. And dorms yeah. uh, on college campuses, as well as our Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, are working in partnership with researchers to uh, figure out ways to deploy that here in Chicago as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to Chicago Water Week, which is just so exciting. Um, when we saw the press release, we're like, we've got to have you guys on. And Mayor Lori Lightfoot has declared this Water Week in Chicago which is a, a yeah, great kickoff really <laughs> for your event. So how, how did that happen? How did that come about? Yeah, interestingly enough, it was kind of a, uh, it was like an adaptation to uh, to COVID-19 and the pandemic. We had a big event scheduled in the spring for World Water Day. And, you know, when we had the opportunity to you know, think about what we would do in the fall, we just thought this would be a great opportunity to showcase some of the, you know, many, we have hundreds of partners across the region that we work with in different ways. And we thought it would be great to sort of showcase um, as many of them as we could in one place. And in this virtual world, it's just, it was, uh, you know, kind of easier to make a make a website presence for this and start to get the word out. And we've been really overwhelmed by the response. We thought it would be great if we got, you know, maybe five or six partners together to cover some of the many topics we talked about here. You know, how are we addressing mm -hmm. lead in drinking water? How are we thinking about managing stormwater more effectively? Um, and what we ended up with was more than 30 events across the week um, from dozens of partners. And we're just, we're thrilled that the response has been um, so tremendous, including from, um, 
folks like Greeley and Hanson that really stepped up to be our presenting sponsor. I mean, it's it's so tough to think about mm -hmm. how to do uh, effective virtual convening in the world right now. And um, we're just really grateful to to Greeley and Hanson and John Roback in particular, who stepped up to you know say, we love this idea. We want to be behind it. So we've been really encouraged by yeah. the, the interest and, and level of support and commitment. Yeah, it's it's amazing event that's pulled together for this week and it's all virtual as you said it's free it's open to the public although i noticed there are some sessions that are ticketed but most of them are free yeah most are free and actually not all of them are virtual you'll we'll see there's a couple of um in-person um exhibits and you know walkthroughs of a gallery so to the extent that you can get out it's great to take advantage mm -hmm. of those too but yes most of them you'll be able to do from the comfort of your home office and also we'll be recording uh, many of these sessions to share on our youtube channel after the week itself yeah um i'm looking at your calendar online right now which is on your website currentwater.org and you can click on Chicago Water Week and just as you said there's so many programs anything from very technical new research and UV LED disinfection um, digester optimization and biogas utilization and some some highly technical programs but you also are getting into some of the problems with lead in Chicago with water bills lead service line replacement um, cost of testing for lead. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this is something that's been top of mind to so many municipalities and, of course, to, to residents. And we're really excited to have some of the partners that have been leading the efforts there. Um, the Chicago Department of Water Management has just uh, launched their one of their lead pilots. They'll be uh, coming to mm -hmm. Chicago Water Week to talk about that, um, as well as a really exciting program that they've launched to support uh, water affordability, the utility billing relief program. So those are two I really would call attention to because um, they're both really so squarely focused on addressing um, equitable water access in the Chicago region. So those will be on the calendar as well. And then the Metropolitan Planning Council has a terrific event that's actually featuring um, multiple different partners, the city, the state, you know, solving the lead uh, pipes infrastructure issue is a perfect example of water challenge that we can't solve with one partner. This is going to take the cooperation yeah. of the city, um, funding from the state. Um, you know, it's just it's a massive infrastructure investment issue. Um, so the Metropolitan Planning Council will be uh, having an event kind of highlighting multiple partners that are involved in that. OK, um, it, it's sorry, I'm getting back to that page here. Um, it, you know, I was talking about how you have a lot of things, the policy, the beyond affordability. Um, but you have some other things that are happening that are more global as well. I see how can water transform lives through the developing world. Um, so it's not all Chicago. It, there's great That's lakes right. as well. That's right. Great Lakes and beyond. And I think we like to think of ourselves here in Chicago as a place that has the potential to be exporting solutions to the world's water challenges. So much of what we do here and build here is part of a global economy and it's also part of a global, <clears throat> a global environment. And that's what I think is so exciting about Water Week. It's highlighting a lot of the things that you know, are pressing challenges right here in our backyard, but it's also highlighting leaders that are making, you know, solutions and building exciting technology and, you know, building partnerships that can truly have impact around the world. Um, and I think that's the best of what Chicago can be in this, in this water space. Um, we're, you know, we're a global city and we can really mm -hmm. leverage that standing um, to, to make sure that these great water solutions that we build here have impact all around the world. So we've got, we've actually got multiple events that cover um, some facet of global cooperation 
cooperation. Another I'd call out um, is with uh, the Consul of Denmark. So we have many export partnerships and we think a lot about um, the work that we do here um, but can do better when we collaborate across uh, international borders. So we work quite a bit with um, many technology companies and universities and even utilities um, in Israel through large partnerships there because they are also a powerhouse of global water technology. Um, and so we're always excited to feature these kind of global cooperative partnerships. We're talking with Elena Harkness. She's the executive director of Current, which is hosting Chicago Water Week from um, September 28th through October 2nd. Looks and like I Mike has joined us again. I think I'm back. Yay, <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> technical difficulties, but I, I, I discovered it and uh, and we're here. But you do, you're doing a great job, uh, uh, Peggy. Uh, just uh, I'm, I'm listening to the conversation, you know, and, and figuring there we out go. Um, How you can hop in here. Oh, I'll just hop in right now. Uh, Elena, thank you for your, your patience. Um, of course. What's, what's amazing is how many partners you got. And something we talked mm -hmm. about the other day when we started doing this was uh, how you had sort of modest uh, uh, expectations for this. And then suddenly it just went nuts. It, it, it blew up. Uh, what was that like and how did that happen? You know, I think we've been fortunate, as I was saying to Peggy, um, to have, you know, strong support from the city of Chicago and from the mayor to promote this, which has been wonderful. We also, you know, had sponsorship support and we have, as as you both know, a really terrific partnerships and development manager, uh, George Burgandy, who also actually leads up uh, DePaul University's sustainable MBA program. And so we just, I think we got the word out and I think we're hitting on a topic that is just top of mind for so many people. And, you know, as you said, Peggy, um, we're all encountering water so much in our day-to-day -day because of COVID-19 yeah. and the hand-washing focus. So uh, we're also at home and we're living in our home environments more. So we're more attuned to the quality of life that we have in our home environments. Um, you know, water has been making headlines in terms of building safety, right? With all these closed mm -hmm. offices, the quality of water when we kind of come back online has become an increasing focus of attention. And then, you know, the most important from my perspective reason that we're excited this is blowing up is because of the constant uh, need to focus more people's attention on climate. And, you know, we're getting heavier yes. rainfalls here. Our lake is at historic levels right now. Um, that's creating infrastructure challenges for us. It's creating um, challenges, particularly in, in neighborhoods on the south and west sides of Chicago, where um, basement flooding is a chronic issue. Um, so I hope that we can use this week to sort of raise attention and awareness to all of those challenges that we really need to galvanize to, and get together to address yeah. uh, faster and more effectively, but also to all the great problem solvers that we have in our region, which, you know, until you draw a big bow around them, it's kind of, you might miss how many uh, wonderful leaders we have working on water here in the region. Well, I, I, I have another. Oh, go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, no another no. question I was going to ask you, Elena, is you use the term sure. blue economy. And yeah. Can you explain for our listeners what the blue economy is and how does it apply? So we think of the blue economy as you know, everybody who is 
demanding water technology or sort of water solutions of some kind. And that could be, could be you as a homeowner because um, you're looking for a better way to filter water um, or manage water in your home. Um, but it could be a large utility that's looking for a better solution and a way to treat wastewater more effectively. Um, you know, so we think of this demand side as anybody kind of looking for solutions. And on the supply side, it's all of the startups that are trying to build companies that solve water problems. Um, it's researchers and universities that are actually, you know, doing work every day to sort of push the leading edge of what we know about how to deal with water and manage water issues. Um, so when we think about the blue economy, we're really talking about the problem and solution side, the supply and demand side. And for us, it just means, you know, it's not just the people who are cleaning and treating water, but it's everybody who's working in the water problem solving space. And that's actually a very large segment of the economy because it, it includes, you know, firms that are working on um, corporate social responsibility and sustainability. Um, there's people who are thinking about the pipes. There's people who are thinking about the digital management. So our point in, in talking about the blue economy is that when you look at it that way, from this enlarged perspective, we actually have a really large segment of our region's economy that's focused on that. And we think by naming it, uh, we can help think about yeah. ways to really accelerate it. I would so we always... I wanted, Peggy, I wanted to go a different direction because something mm -hmm. that uh, Elena had said earlier sparked my... Um, knowing that yesterday you went out to the beach, you went out to Lake mm -hmm. Michigan and you and a bunch of volunteers uh, were picking up debris uh, uh, along Mi Lake Michigan. And yeah. this is part of how people get involved in this. It's not just uh, NGOs and corporations and governmental entities. It's citizens, isn't it, Elena? It's everybody. And, and Peggy, give us an example of some of the stuff that you guys pulled out of Lake Michigan yesterday. Well, this is part of the annual uh, Alliance for the Great Lakes Adopt-A-Beach beach cleanup. Yep. And um, so it, every year, last Saturday of October typically is the cleanup. And uh, this year was the first year we had picked up PPE, unfortunately. Um, oh, yeah. You, you didn't mention that yesterday. Did you yeah, get a lot we, of that? Not a lot. Not a lot. But there were some masks picked up. Um, I think a yep. couple of gloves were picked up as well. And I've been doing this for about 15 years uh, as the mm -hmm. team captain down at, at the beach I go to, and it has so greatly shifted from bits of metal and cigarette butts to plastic. Plastic, yep. plastic, plastic. And not just forks and bottle caps, but the tiniest, tiniest little pieces that we are using sieves in the sand. And it looks like glass, but it's actually polished plastic. Yikes. Yep. 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 I'm so glad you brought up the Alliance Beach Cleanup because it also gives me an opportunity to highlight the Alliance's event um, next week, which is actually going to be just focused on how individuals can get more involved. They're going to be highlighting Great Lakes issues on the ballot this November. Um, so yes, if you're looking to be that. a more informed Great Lakes voter, yeah, that's a terrific event that I would also call out. Um, they'll just be highlighting a range of issues. But also, you know, you're right, Mike. Um, water is personal for so many of us. And so like Peggy did the Alliance Beach cleanup, our team at Current worked with the Friends of the Chicago River on a river cleanup. And this kind of stewardship is so important. And it also helps us understand how the problems are changing. I mean, we also saw so much more PPE um, and, and this issue of what sort of emerging, what how 
pollution and contaminants are changing um, is something that we really try to keep our finger on the pulse of at current because they do change over time. Microplastics has been one of the dominant water quality challenges for some time now, but you know now there's also this rising concern with um, something called PFAS or PFOAs. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a kind of very durable chemical that's in a lot of water um, because for, for, for a lot of reasons, but uh, due to manufacturing and, and other processes. So um, we really have to, we can't kind of ever stop looking for the next thing. Yeah. And of course, there's the old things as well, which is uh, our uh, agricultural runoffs and um, and from backyards, we're talking about nitrogen and phosphorus, mm -hmm. which create algae blooms in the Great Lakes. Lake Erie just uh, deals with that every year. So does Lake Michigan. So do yep. other, you know, any place yep. you have mm -hmm. uh, a harbor or a bay, uh, you're, you're likely to find algae blooms. Um, and even, you know, in Lake Erie, you don't even need that. You just, it, it all sweeps up against the western part of the lake, thanks to the runoff from mostly Ohio, but also Michigan over there. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and the nutrient issue is something that Current's been looking at for quite some time now. Uh, and it's also a great example of an area where uh, you need both technology innovation to figure out how to better manage those nutrients. I mean, this is an area that you're talking about the blue economy frame, Peggy. I mean, it gets us into ag tech and working, thinking about how farmers can apply fertilizer with more precision, right, to keep that, mm -hmm. that runoff on the crops where it's needed and not running off into the watersheds. So you need that, but you also really need a policy framework that creates, you know, the right incentives for people to apply those kinds of technologies and, uh, and to make the them education. affordable. And so and the education, right? So it's all of those pieces. When we think about innovation and water and what it takes to solve these big problems, it's not just limited to technology. It's really, you know, what are the frameworks that we need to make it happen? Yeah. Well, look, uh, this this just sounds like a fantastic uh, event. Twenty nine program partners, thirty one events, five days. You you guys got your hands full. I know that George, Me too. George, <laughs> George goes back with the show. Uh, back, yes. Back, yeah, back. I know. Back to pirate radio, our pirate radio, our, and uh, uh, he is uh, he's become a mover and a shaker. It's what we're what we're doing. We've got a, a, an intern who worked with us for a couple of years, um, who is now working with the Nature Conservancy, and it seems like the people who work with us they they take off. We're we're still doing our little radio Stop. show, and and uh, it's good to see some of those people just uh, uh, doing so well. I'm not I'm not going to even claim that I have anything to do with it. It's just I think. <laughs> oh, we'll take it. It's it's building an ecosystem, right, Mike? I mean, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We've had yeah. we had a cohort of four terrific interns over the summer. We have them now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's actually been one of the benefits of being in this virtual environment. We're a very small team, and we're not limited by having only a few desks now. So we were able to take. <laughs> on more interns than ever and yeah. we love the idea of being able to sort of grow you know this community of water leadership here in our region so yeah so, and we so, love having george as aboard. opposed to green jobs <laughs> blue jobs yeah that's right exactly blue jobs. yep um yep and, there's actually going to be a terrific blue jobs program next week you're just teeing up all these great plugs for our partners so yeah center for Te neighborhood technology has a, a great kind of blue workforce program next week Fantastic. Well, I hope people get involved and uh, they should go to, uh, uh, let's see, uh, www.currentwater.org slash Chicago hyphen water hyphen week. Uh, but if they go yep. to. And if current, you just get to currentwater.org. Yeah. 
You'll yeah, get there. Currentwater.org. Uh, it, you'll find all the information there. Um, I apologize for the technical snafus at the beginning of this no interview. No problem. But, but, but Peggy's capable. She can handle all this. Uh, and she did uh, admirably. So, Elena, thank you so much. We're going to let you go. Uh, and uh, much success this week. And I hope you survive it, actually. Thank you. We will. We definitely will. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Peggy. We really appreciate it being on the show and, and good luck with the rest of it. We'll take All care. Right. Thank Thanks you so much. Have a great Thanks, Sunday. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, and you. There she goes. And that's uh, Elena Harkness. And uh, again, you you should get involved. And in, I'm going to move my picture here. Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to come up. Pop back up to the top there. There you are. You. you don't even want to know what went wrong here. No, you, we'll you, find you out do later. not want to know. Uh, <laughs> I might not even tell you later. It's it's just so embarrassing. Uh, but welcome back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Um, we expect to hear from meteorologist Rick DeMaio in uh, just a, a short time. And I'm hoping that works. Um, I actually tried. Uh, oh, Kathleen's. Uh, <laughs> she ducked in to t- take a look at uh, what we're going to do here. We we hope to get a, a report. I actually tried to get on um, the system that we set up for Rick uh, to make a call, and um, mm-hmm. th- that was kind of spotty. So um, if we can't get him on, eh, then we'll be wrapping up the show very shortly. But we'll, I'm we'll hoping... be reading what he sent to us. <laughs> yeah, and and he sent me stuff, and you know, and I oh, there's the call right now. It's coming in. Let's see if uh, we can get this. All right, answer the call. There it is. I'm going to see if Rick is there. Uh, Rick, uh, are you with us? Hang on. I don't see any audio here. I don't think this is going to work today. Oh, that's a shame. It would have been nice to get uh, a report from Rick DeMaio. And uh, we're just going to have to uh, put that off. Text him, Peggy, and let him know that it's it's not working. And we apologize. And uh, we will do this next week. Yeah, as uh, Kathleen says, this is that's why we call this a soft launch. It's a dress rehearsal. We're gonna we're going to uh, have uh, better luck next week, I'm sure. On a better computer. On a better computer. And I thought I could bring the map up, but again, I think that uh, it's we, a dress rehearsal. We have used all <laughs> we have used up all of the resources we have on this. It is just. We have just pushed this uh, computer to the max, and this that is computer's going to need a spa day by the time you're done today. Yeah, so I think we should wrap this up and say goodbye to everybody. And if anybody's still paying attention and is with us, we really appreciate the fact that uh, you stuck it out. And I hope you, you know, turned off the the visual and just listened to the show because we had some a uh, couple of great guests on there. So yeah, um, we had MD I, Skeet from Bartlett Tree Experts. Right. Joined us hour one, and thanks to Elena Harkness, the executive director of Current, which is doing Chicago Water Week this week. And let's give the folks a, go to a currentwater.org, and you'll find all the information about Chicago Water Week. Uh, and that's that's all you need to know. And go to bartlett.com if you need tree care. And I urge you, if you've got mature trees, get a get a, a certified arborist out there. Again, if uh, uh, if you're listening to this somewhere else, Bartlett's not in your area, then just get a certified arborist out there. Or if you have a company you like better, I'm just in favor of taking good care of trees. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I appreciate Bartlett because they're a great sponsor of the show. But uh, the idea is 
get a professional, a certified professional. Um, yes. And um, I'm going to be certifiable after this program, <laughs> by the way. Okay. Well, and by the way, thank you to Kayla for doing Facebook and Twitter in the background. Yes, thank today. you, Kayla. And, um, and what I was going to say is uh, when we were talking about interns uh, with – uh, with um, 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 Elena, uh, Elena, thank you, Elena, Elena, get that in my <laughs> in my brain, Elena. Uh, is that uh, Kayla's got a lot to uh, to live up to? So I expect um, Kayla to someday uh, be the CEO of a company, and then um, so that we could just continue our track record mm -hmm. uh, and saying, yeah, we they they come through our show and then they go off to great things. So, all right, Peggy, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off your screen. I'm going to turn off my screen. Uh, this probably is all in delay. I mean, it's all going to happen a lot slower than my voice is coming across. Uh, and I'm going to say until next time, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. <laughs>